Hi, Damien Marcus from 100 Not Out here. MP. Yes, Damo. We all know the importance of having a diary, but who wants a boring old day planner? Not me. Enter the journey of me. Ta-da! The incredible eight-month wellness journal designed especially for wellness peeps like you. Yes, Damo, this beautiful eight-month wellness guide is filled with questions, planners, exercises, reflective notes, and more. Endorsed by the Up For A Chat girls and loved the world over, the journey of me is a must-have if you're ready to live your best life for life. To purchase your very own journey of me and receive a free set of inspirational postcards, simply enter the code COUCH at www.wellandnew.com. That's www.w-e-l-l-i-n-e-u-x.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Inside the Champion's Mind featuring Dr. Lawrence Tam and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to Inside Champion's Mind, a show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in anything you do. I'm Lawrence Tam, co-founder of The Wellness Couch, and as always, my champion mindset co-host, Marcus Pierce. Lawrence, Jasper Tam, good to hear your voice. Great man, how are you? I am always well, thank you. Always well and ready for a recording of this brilliant podcast that we're going to be doing today. Well, you're going to be excited about what we're going to talk about today because most people listening would know that you love your San Francisco 49ers. And I know a lot of people listening aren't into, aren't like big sports aficionados. So this is not a sports podcast, but there is a lot of exciting news coming out of the 49ers, very much uh, from an Australian perspective, but it, more on a life perspective, there are so many great examples to come out of what Jared Hayne has done. Now, being the 49ers man now, T, can you explain to the listeners what has occurred at your beloved club? Well, it's pretty exciting. Uh, it's the first time I actually get to talk uh, 49ers and football uh, here in Australia because no one really listens. Um, everybody else is talking, you know, footy and AFL and stuff. And so for now, for Australia, we are uh, have a whole bunch of 49er bandwagons, uh, jumpers. And, oh, they are uh, everywhere. It's yeah. gone crazy. <laughs> so I want to have the record straight and be clear. I've been a 49er fan since 1984. Uh, and well, uh, I was three years of age then. Yeah. <laughs> wow, jeez. <laughs> um, so basically what's happened is that uh, Jared Hayne is a uh, Australian rugby league player, uh, a superstar, uh, MVP twice um, in here in Australia uh, for those people who are in North America. And now one of the keys, I've never actually, I don't actually know who Jared, I didn't know who Jared Hayne was until he actually signed with the 49ers. And I thought this is going to be an interesting experiment because um, basically what he did was he turned down a, uh, a contract that was supposed would would have banked him to, to be the richest Australian uh, rugby league player to have ever you know received that type of contract. We're talking the millions, uh, which is pretty big over here in Australia. And um, and he gave up that uh, contract to try a sport, uh, the National Football League (NFL) gridiron football, uh, a sport that he has never played in his life. Now, some people might say, "Well, that's easy. He's a rugby player." You know, he, it's it's going to be easy to transform to another sport because it's very similar. Like, well, it's totally different. First, rugby league has no pads. Um, it's basically human to human contact, and NFL has pads. And you're just like, well, that must be easier. I go, well, no, not really, because when you got pads on, guess what? They hit harder because they know it's not going to hurt as much on the other on the on the person who's actually throwing the hit. Um, so there's a lot of to a game at a professional level. 
that all of us as uh, TV, you know, you know, I guess, uh, uh, I don't know, like sideline coaches that like to think that, oh, we know armchair what to do. Armchair, ar- yeah, armchair experts <laughs> uh, like to call it that we, we think we know what to do in a, in a given situation. Like, how can that person do this? And we yell at the TV screen. But yet there's so many little things that go on in a game, um, as, especially at a professional level. Um, and so here's the thing. So he's trying out for the 49ers team. And literally the news had just hit. He, he's been in there for maybe a few months, um, learning the game, studying the playbook. And he's played four preseason games. And, there was, uh, and the team had to cut down to basically a 53-man roster. And uh, he made the cut, which is unbelievable. And here's why. Number one, um, he's, he's, he's basically just made it into a professional league, right? Which a lot of players in America and Canada will be vying for positions, okay? On one of the top teams, well, top teams in the NFL. Plus, he's also, he's never played a single game uh, in his life. In he didn't grow sport. up. He didn't grow up doing his did he? Exactly. So you know he didn't have the ten thousand hour rule that you know Malcolm Gladwell and, and other people have been talking about. Like he literally grew up in a totally different game. Now, in my memory, uh, there's only been a few athletes who's ever changed sport and have done it successfully. Yeah. Okay. Um, the people that didn't do it successfully, the most, you know, was most, uh, the biggest name is usually Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan yeah. was the the greatest basketball player that I've ever lived. I just read his autobiography, which is, you know, uh, not autobiography, his biography, which is absolutely amazing, uh, a thick read. And he he tried to go to, after his father uh, was murdered. Um, he went out to try for baseball, and he never made it to major leagues. Uh, he he stayed in the minor leagues. Um, and even the greatest athlete, you know, he was considered greatest athlete, but there's two people that I know of. His name is Bo Jackson, uh, who played national football league and also baseball, who was great at both. And another guy named Dion Sanders, who also played for the 49ers at some point, uh, played baseball and football as well. Um, there's not many athletes in the world that can actually go been successful in one sport and uh, become very successful in another sport. So those are the two names that I can think of right now. So this has been an amazing feat for uh, Jared Haynes, which is great. Now, let's be clear on this, right? That just because he made the team doesn't mean he's going to start, doesn't mean he's going to be fantastic. But what we've seen so far, uh, the American TV has been just amazed by this his ability to be able to play this game, um, especially when he's never played. And his uh, ability to make some plays has been incredible so far. They're getting excited. They're saying, get on the Hain train. It's Hain mania. They're saying that they're going to have to start eating Vegemite because of his success. That's right. They're they just they're all they're all in they're in all sorts. But I think because, like you said, this was so almost unexpected. It's an absolute fairy tale story. But there's been so much blood, sweat, and tears behind the scenes, LT, which for me makes the story more powerful. And that's why I thought it'd be great to share just some of what he's had to go through in order to, I suppose, inspire listeners to. Um, to feel like going after your dreams, even if it doesn't make sense, it's the best thing ever. And and when you hear or read Jared Hayne talk about what has occurred, and like you said, this is only the beginning. This is not the end. The dream hasn't come true, uh, so to speak. This is just one step um, in it. But to, it's it's so it's so relatable for everyone that has a dream, mm. without sounding so cliche. But it is so relatable. It, everything he's done has been copybook. Uh, a copybook, you know, chasing your dreams. He gave up a steady job, you know, where he's earning, you know, in excess of 20 grand a week. Uh, that's just a plain contract. That's not even endorsements. Um, he had to deal with, in Australia, the tall poppy syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, 
everyone telling him he was crazy. Um, but now he gets the flip side of that. Now he's got the great Aussie battler um, support because now that he's made the team in the list, everyone's saying, you know, how good is Jared? And if you look at if you look at the comment, people go online and they look at some of the comments. You know, I'm really happy for him. He said this is what he wanted to do since he was a small boy. It's so good when one's wishes come true. Go Jared and show what a true Australian is. But then on the flip side, there's people saying that, oh, well, like you said, this is easy because he's been playing rugby all of his life and all the rest of it. But it's a great example of you're always going to have naysayers. You're always going to have people that tell you that what you're doing is silly. Even his own agent uh, told him that what he was doing was stupid. And he said, go home and you know sleep on it. And then he woke up the next day and said, no, I'm still doing it. But there's so much in here that we can pull apart to ideally make people go, you know what, if you've got a massive dream, no matter what others think, if it makes you happy pursuing that dream, then who cares? Just go out and do it. That's exactly right. I mean, he's uh, this is this is really cool because it translates to a lot of us, and a lot of us um, have dreams. We all have dreams. I hope you know if you're listening to this podcast, you you typically would have a dream of some sort or a goal you want to go after. And the thing is that what we tend to see is it's just for most people, unfortunately, it's just become it's just. That's it. It just stays as a dream. And I think it's important for us to kind of explore the idea. Um, and this is what this podcast is all about, is that the explore the idea of how can we start turning those ideas or those dreams into reality. And th- the point of it, a dream is not meant for you to, to be a dream that for you just to only dream and, and never reach. It, the dr- whole point of a dream, and our, I believe our life is, is to to find ways to find ways to actually accomplish those dreams and turn those dreams into reality, and that's what we're really talking about. Uh, you know, and Jared Haynes has done, has done a great thing for him so far, and he's got a lot of work to do still uh, to make this team. And, I, and let's face it, he's he's played against preseason and a preseason level, which means he's not playing against starters. He's basically playing against people who are trying to make a team on the on the opposing side. So he hasn't been really tested yet. Now. What's really interesting about this whole thing is that it goes through um, uh, this whole this quote. I think is is uh, uh, let me find this. I think it's it's really um, uh, important. I think all of you would at some point have heard this. So it goes through that all truth passes through three stages. Okay, first it is ridiculed, and he got massive ridiculed. Not just here in Australia. There's there's ridicule from from people in the states thinking like you know this is just going to be one of those sideline stories just to kind of uh, to you know you know drum up media and stuff you know to bring in an Australian rugby player. What does he know about American football? So that's going to be the ridicule part. There's well, going to be haters. Can I read a comment here? Yeah, can I read your comment here? This is just from a, one member of the public. It says, "For goodness' sake, all it proves is that Americans are easy to please and just how boring their football normally is." Hmm. Like. So there it is right there. Yeah. It's people it, are gonna just no matter what you do. It's exactly no matter what you do, on both sides you're gonna start to have haters, haters who didn't think he was gonna make it. And then the second stage is that's gonna be violently opposed, right? It's gonna be no, we can't this <laughs> never have how can you bring how can you bring someone who's never played the sport again? I spent twenty years of my life dedicated to this and you know, blah 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 blah. You know, yeah. and then so there's how can gonna you be, put an Aussie on the list yeah. when you've got Americans who have been busting their guts for twenty years? doing this 
and you're going to put someone who's just come in and been playing the game for 12 weeks or 20 weeks and put him on the list. And there's going to be, I mean, there was even, um, actually, I saw a video last night about, uh, you know, where he missed, the, he, he was supposed to get the ball and then the quarterback didn't give it to him. And, uh, and the quarterback didn't want to listen to him. Like, it was just like he's getting violently imposed within the own team because I'm sure the amount of media that's surrounding Jared Haynes right now is not, doesn't make him a favorable teammate. You know, yeah. in the especially on the team, and especially when guys are have been on the team for a long time, um, the media spotlight has shifted to this rookie, right? Really, uh, yeah. who comes out of nowhere, where you know they there's going to be jealousy, I'm sure, on that team, especially in those team who people players who had didn't make it. I mean, there's a un, what most people don't know. There's a guy named Lawrence Oakley, uh, who's actually on, who has uh, been in the practice squad for the last two years. Um, he was actually was an Olympic discus uh, for uh, for London for uh, for England. And uh, he was. They were trying to transform him uh, to become a, uh, a an NFL football player. Uh, he was cut actually uh, in this in this round, and uh, he never made the team. And so, what's interesting is a lot of people have been trying for a long time, and Jared has been able to. So, there's going to be violently opposed. There's going to be the haters. So, every time you change something, first you're going to be laughed at. The second thing is going to happen is that you're going to be violently opposed. That, that this is the wrong thing to do. And this is where the the tall poppy syndrome often comes about, especially in the Australian culture. Um, the third. It is the third. So this is a three stages, right? All truth must pass through three stages. First is reading ridicule. Second is violently opposed. Third, it is accepted as being self-evident. Now all the supporters come out of everywhere and go, of course he could do it. It's like, <laughs> why, why wouldn't he be able to do it? I mean, he's the best player in rugby. You know, American gridiron sucks anyways. And, you know, it's just wearing pads. And, of course, he haven't seen... And then all of a sudden, out of the, everywhere, everybody starts, you know, talking because we, you know, thinking that he's made it. But that's not going to, you know, at the end of the day, though, he made the team. Like I said, we don't know how well he's going to do, whether or not he's going to stay on the team. He could be cut after the first week. Like, who knows, right? Yeah. The thing is, is that what we want to take away from this is that understanding your path to your dream and your success will go through these three phases. Um, it's uh, This quote was actually from Arthur now, this is where my English is going to be suffering. It's what, a, Schopenhauer? Schopenhauer, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I was going to say Schopenhauer, which is actually good. <laughs> uh, so that's a great quote from him. I've always, that quote always stuck by me because it's always remembering, though, no matter what you're doing, there's always going to be people who laugh at you. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, you know, and so there's always going to be people who oppose against you. And this is, um, I just read this great book about a month ago, um, and it's uh, it's called, by a guy named, um, I think it was Ryan Holiday, I think. Yeah, Ryan Holiday. And um, it talked about, um, oh, let me just try to think of the, um, oh, the obstacle is the way. The obstacle is the way. And it's basically talking about uh, stoicism and basically talking about, you know, all the, how people think, you know, the, especially the great Roman emperor. Um, and and, and it, oh, I can't remember his name now, but certain philosophers and how they think and how they saw life and knowing that the, when there's an obstacle in front of you, that is most likely the path that you're supposed to take. Mm-hmm. Not supposed to take the easy way out. We've kind of mentioned this in the previous podcast. It's about going after the hard stuff. It's like when there's difficulty, that's most likely where you should be going. That's the direction that you should be heading towards. And this is exactly what uh, this has proved. And we love you know, uh, rags to riches story. We love stories like these. The thing is, is that what I love to see though, is to be able to take these stories, not just to go, wow, this is feel good, but how do you apply that into your life? That's what I like to see from this story. Okay, bang. I've got to ask you something on this then because there's two schools of thought on this and I want to give people permission to choose their school, right? Jared Hayne murdered his options. He essentially cut off the court, gave himself no choice whatsoever, but to have a 100% crack at this. 
The other option for people, which is not available to Jared, is the slow and steady approach to almost like scheduling your dream and realizing your dream. It's kind of like you said earlier, the 10,000 hour rule is a slow and steady approach. Jared Hayne almost did, I don't know if you can say he didn't have that choice, but didn't give himself the choice. He was like, I'm in the, the, the prime of my life, 27 years of age. Uh, I'm earning big bucks here, but it's not about the bucks. It's about my own fulfillment. I'm going to cut the cord and just go for it. Um, what, what do you want to talk about in this? Because we have people, and you and I speak about this a lot, you know, we have people send us a Facebook message going, thanks for that podcast. I've just quit my job, but now I'm doing X. <laughs> You know, so there's that murdering your options type uh, philosophy. But I think it would, you know, personally, I want to say that even though that's, that is the way I roll in my own life, I'm very much just cut the cord because I'm an urgency addict by nature. If I cut the cord, I'll get it done. But others aren't that way inclined. What do you think about this? Okay. okay. So I think I the think- important of decision is very, 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 very important. <laughs> Uh, the, the, we, I talked about it on the one summit, and one of the things I said: the decision, right? To, 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 the, the word "decide," right? It's the root word "decide." I mean, think of the side, right? Um, it's like you think of insecticide or pesticide. Suicide, homicide. Yeah, it's yeah, to yeah. kill off, mm. right? That's right. what it means, right? Side, you know, the ending of that word. Um, it um, means to kill off. It's pretty incredible right. that I'm actually giving an English lesson here, right? <laughs> now. No. When the word decide is to kill off, it's actually to kill off all options. So when you make a decision, whether small or big, you're actually killing all the options in front of you so that you only focus on the one. That's the point of the, what decision is about. Most people are paralyzed by me making a decision and go, just make a decision for me. And so when, you, when, when you're paralyzed by not making a decision, that in itself is a decision. You just chose not to decide. Mm. Yeah. And so therefore you let someone else run your life. Now, going back to your, you know, your, your two storyline, I think it's about making decisions and ha- the importance of making decisions is very important. It reminds me of a story. I can't remember which emperor and we'll just say Julius Caesar. My history is, you know, pretty terrible. We'll say <laughs> Julius Caesar about- for now. Um, when he was attacking, you know, another, you know, another country and I think it was crossing the Rubicon or something. And basically he, he basically took the, uh, the ships across, uh, uh, the army on these ships and went across and they landed and he ordered, the men to burn the ships, mm. right? Burn the ships behind them. I don't even know if this is a true story, but it's a good analogy. Yeah, right? I like it. The thing is, is that he goes, why? He goes, because he's like, we either die right here or we live, you know, here. Like, that's it. Like, there's no, there's no point going home. The, the ships yeah. are burnt and that's it. You're not going home. So you only have one choice. You're going to die or you're going to just fight uh, for your life right now. And sometimes you need to do that. So sometimes it's really important that we need to make these big commitments. And every one of us will reach a point where a big decisions in front of us, and then you get to choose. And I can tell you right now that there's no right or wrong answer. Yes. That's the thing that we all have to kind of get over. Because whatever decision you make, right, you know, A or B or C, right, there's always going to be consequences. Always. Mm-hmm. Me dropping, uh, leaving practice, me mm-hmm. selling practice, me choosing to move to the other side of the country, me moving to this country, all are decisions I've made. And, and you know, buying this house without seeing it, that's a decision I made, right? The thing is, all those decisions, there are always going to be consequences, even if I decide to go the other way. Do I have, do I, you know, the question is, do I live in regret? Well, of course not, because I can't go back, right? That's the whole point. Now, once you make a decision, I think you should make a decision based on, 
whatever consequences that's going to come up with each one of those options, which one do I want to live with? That's the thing that I think it has to come. Up. Are you going to be okay to live with those consequences? I think that's the most important question that the answer to you for you to have before you actually make a decision. Now, going back to the small or big ones, I think it's about making small decisions all the way through that leads to those big decisions. Those big decisions don't usually come up until you made minor decisions along the way. So it is about the path. It's about making your journey. We only hear about the big decisions, but we never hear about the small little decisions that, you know, say, we'll take Jared Haynes since we've been talking about him. We never made the small decision when he was a kid, decided to play rugby league versus, say, badminton or tennis or whatever a child has the opportunity to play. We didn't talk about the decision that he made to not go out with his friends and decide to go train. We don't hear about those type of decisions because they don't matter because they were minor and inconsequential and inconsequence to this topic. However, we got to think about every day training those guys in the Olympic level on the high, highest point of the athletes, the amount they train, you know, for to get every little bit of edge is incredible. We admire their, you know, their game day performances. But what we never see is the, the hard work and the hard yards and the decision they made that got to that point. And practice, because practice is boring. And practice it's is the, boring. It's, it's a game day that's exciting for people. So you talk about this, right? You say no right or wrong, and the consequences of your decision. Have you seen a movie called Mr. Holland's Opus? Yes. Okay. So this is the slow and steady approach. And you talk about consequences of your decision. He essentially decides to work in a job that doesn't really bring him that much fulfillment, but he also feels this grievance that he's delaying or putting off his dream. So he kind of works on his dream at night or in his spare time and gives up and comes back and gives up and comes back and and, and kind of lives through the guilt and remorse of, of, of some of the decisions that he makes. But uh, I kind of don't want to give the story away, but it, that's the slow and steady approach. Whereas the murdering your options, like Jared Wayne was work, Jared Hayne was living his wage whilst he was uh, practicing with the 49ers was $600 a week. Now, for some people that are listening that earn $600 a week, they're going, well, he's got nothing to, to whinge about. And he wasn't whinging. But the, 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 the example is clear. He went from 20 grand a week to six to 600 bucks a week. He made, a, he made big sacrifices in order to realize his dream. But I love what you say, LT, is that we can't say that one is right or one is wrong or one is better or one is worse. We just have to recognize what consequence or what price are we willing to pay in order to go after it. Hmm. And sometimes, uh, you know, going back to this thing, you know, um, about making those decisions, oftentimes, though, people make decisions based on emotions. And they're quick, they're quick to make the decisions without actually thinking it through. I think that's when the problem arises. We're saying make smart decisions we're saying make quick decisions yes i'm not suggesting you shouldn't but don't make quick decisions on something that's big yeah like i remember listening to this um podcast and i can't remember which which was i thought was brilliant and i'm pretty sure it was uh an interview with a guy named jim collins he wrote the the great book called good to great um, which is on you know successful businesses and how how good businesses become great businesses and he was talking about looking at um, you know executives and, uh, and 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 companies and they were talking about how do they make decisions and there's two stories here one story is about him he was talking about um, these these men who would argue uh, in the floor and the the great companies are people who literally have a CEO 
who who antag not necessarily antagonize, but wants the board of directors or the executives to bring up all the other alternatives to where they think they're going because then they can actually look at all both sides. Yeah. And they argue and argue and argue and toss around until they're exhausted and then someone's got to make a decision. And once that decision is made, though, all of them, even those who argued against it, will fall in line and commit to it. I think that's important. But the thing is, is what he said was that you should never make a decision. You should, you know, some people say, how long do you wait for a decision? Well, that's brilliant, was that you only need to, the the law, you want to take as long as you need right you need to take as long as you need to make a decision and the the length of time is dependent on the risk factor changing so the you know as long as the risk profile doesn't change you need to take as long as you need to make that decision yeah. as soon as the risk factor starts to change then in like you know if you don't make a decision or you do to make a decision if that risk starts to change then you need to make a decision quicker like for example if you know if a child, if we see a woman, you know, uh, say, just say uh, a person got hit by on the street, he was riding a bike and got hit by a car, and they're bleeding to death. The risk profile of that person is fast. It's changing very quickly, probably by every second. So every decision I need to make, I need to make that quickly. Yeah. Right. Versus as going, hmm, should I stay in this job or should I quit my job? Right. Your risk factors are probably not a life or death situation. Right. Every second. So therefore, that needs to be taken into consideration based on on that. And I think it's important. Like when I, I'm sure this is the same thing for you, Marcus. That's why it freaks you out when someone tells you on Facebook that they've just quit their job after listening to a podcast. (laughs) It does. (laughs) Didn't you need to take a bit more time to make Well, it's first of all, because it's mostly because I don't have any background and back it. You know, I'm just thinking (laughs) like the worst case scenario. Thinking about it for five years and listening to the podcast was the 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 tipping point. Yeah. Yeah. But they go, oh. That's right. That's what Marcus and Lawrence. That's what Marcus said. So therefore, I should just quit my job. I'm going to put this on you. <laughs> but I think it's important, like for us, like for me, like you know, as a chiropractor, I was, you know, I was in practice, but I, I was, you know, testing and doing these little things behind the scenes at nighttime uh, while everybody was sleeping, working on these things and testing it before I even decided to create something. And I did both. I did, you know, I still ran my mentoring program and practiced at the same time. Until I realized that I need to, you know, cut off one to lead the other. Like yeah. I couldn't do both because it was just taking too much. One would, one was suffering, and uh, and both was suffering if I focused on both, and I needed to let one go. And so that those are important decisions to make. It's about you know most people just jump into things and they're jumping from one job to another, or one career to another, or one profile to another. And I think it's important to kind of go listen. Profile takes time to build your brand. I think that's what it's about in, in our future. I think, anyways, as all of us as a brand, and your brand takes time to build. And that brand, what you stand, stood for five years ago, may not be what you stand for now. And that's okay. You know, the evolution of human beings and the evolution of you is constantly changing. And But it doesn't mean that you've changed. It just means that what you represent has changed. And so being tied to a quote-unquote career um, or profession or, you know, a business is not necessarily so true anymore. Not so much like our parents. Our parents were probably, you know, get stuck into one career. They were an engineer or they were a doctor and they were, and that was one thing. And they pretty much lived their whole entire life like that. You know, oh, 
Sorry, sorry, you're gonna say we're gonna finish off. No, I'll say one more thing is just that you know nowadays I think that we're not getting we don't need to be tied to one thing. Like I'm a chiropractor, I'm a coach, I'm a mentor, I'm a podcaster, yes, I'm a speaker, yes. I'm a you know you know whatever I am. Like that doesn't those are just labels, right? But I am who I am. I'm Lawrence Tam, but those are all the things that you know I position myself in. But I'm constantly evolving and will continue to evolve in the next sixty to eighty years. Hey, that rhymes. I am who I am. I'm Lawrence Tam. Hey, Lawrence just for Tam coming at you, man. Hey, last one I want to <laughs> finish off with you, right? Is um, is I think about uh, you know, when when do you take the plunge? I look at Jared Hayne. I'm like, he he won he won the 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 best and fairest in his league two times. He won a rugby league world cup. He was as you said, the richest rugby league player ever. I, I get a sense uh, that he felt like he'd accomplished everything. He needed to. I reflect on my own professional life when I was uh, when I was in radio and TV. When I was I was I was I don't know. I've told you this, LT, but I was offered the job of uh, being the head of football for the biggest radio station in Australia, and it was just before Sarah and I were going overseas, and it was very tempting. But at the same time, I kind of knew that I, I was considered. I I, I kind of knew when I was offered that role of how I was considered in the football community and it was almost enough to go, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of done here and I'm ready to, to move on to the next chapter. And I can, that's why I, I love the Jared Haynes story because I, I feel like I can resonate with you, he's done everything that he wanted to do in rugby league, so the timing feels right to him to actually do it. But I want to ask you, when, for people that are listening going, you know, when do I take the plunge? When do I make the decision? Like, do I need to put a deadline on it or what has to happen? What do you say to people that are toying up with when to um, bite the bullet? Yeah, I think uh, going back to the risk profile thing, I think that's one one aspect. There's going to be multiple aspects here. I think um, the other aspect is also about what your value, what what values, what values are you are you dri- are driven by that decision? I mean, going back to uh, for me, when I was in practice, I love practice. I love dealing with people. I love seeing people in my practice. I love the kids. I love the families that you know that came to see me. Um, you know, year in year out, and I miss that. But at the same time the value of me driving that I've done everything I could as a chiropractor. Yeah. And oftentimes people look at me and go like, you're 40 years old and I look younger than 40. So a lot of people go on, you know, say you're must have been 27. Well, I don't know about that, but uh, <laughs> people sort of ask me going, you know, what do you do? And I go, well, you know, I'm a, I guess, you know, I'm a chiropractor, but he goes, you know, where do you practice? I go, well, I don't practice anymore. Cause I'm kind of retired in a way or semi-retired and sabbatical, whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the day, people go, well, how do you, know, you can see their eyes going like their brain just taking on, how is that possible? And I, I look at that it goes, because I, I just didn't get as much fulfillment. I needed more. I needed to make a bigger impact. So I was driven, for me personally, I was driven by an external factor, uh, sorry, internal factor that I knew I could be better. I knew I could make a bigger impact. Um, I got a taste of it from the wellness guys, got a taste of it from the wellness couch. And my, you know, my ambition is to help more people. And as a practitioner, I knew I can only help as many people as I could see within my my community, whereas I could, if I helped other practitioners or help other people through the wellness couch, then I'm actually making a bigger impact to the world. So that's how what drove me. But that's my value system, right? So I think the value systems are what drives it. Because if Jared Haynes was living a, a massive lifestyle, um, who lived, uh, you know, who had the, you know the nicest house in Sydney, uh, who who you know who had you know fanciest cars and all that stuff, and he needed the money, then he might have been just say his he was driven by money. I don't know if he would have went to the States. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you're driven by comfort as well. Exactly. So you, there's certain factors that, you know, just because we look at, you know, sometimes we see all these millionaires are making, you know, lots of millions of dollars, but they're poor as poor. Like they might have everything they, you know, we all kind of want, but at the end of the day, they not they don't necessarily are fulfilled. They, yeah. you know, they got to do the job because they got to stay there because they're, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. And that's a hard life to live as well. You know, I know it's something you wouldn't disagree with that, but think about that for a second. You know, we got to think about what's driving us and what we value. So some people value, a, you know, a fancy car, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But you know, to make those decisions, when to make those decisions is driven by what you want to accomplish. Some of us kind of, you know, for me, I kind of drive my head if, if, when I come to a, a challenging moment and pinnacle moments of my life. I start to think and go, I'll go. What would be the best scenario if I actually did this? You know, and what's the worst case scenario if I didn't do this? You know, and oftentimes the worst case scenario would drive me because I'm a, you know, I'm a worst case scenario driver, you know, that drives my life and decision making. And, um, you know, but also the best case scenario also drives because that's the fulfillment part. And there's there's no right or wrong answers. But for me, it's about your values will dictate your decisions. And if you truly value and not just saying it, say saying your values are just one thing, but actually acting on your values is actually what's truly who you are. Because we can all say we value success and we can all say we value, you know, uh, that we want to be a champion or become a warrior or whatever you want to say. The end of the day is that your actions dictate whether you're you are doing that or not. Are you making decisions every day as a warrior or as a champion or as, as someone who's successful? Are you thinking of just thinking and dreaming about being a warrior or a champion or being successful i love talking about all that lt even though that was sporting there i'm thinking people found that inspiring because i just love talking about that stuff oh uh, yeah it's it's fantastic it's great to see like i, I really hope that people take this inspire you know inspirational story for now right for now and we'll see what it comes up and but hopefully they can translate into their life and that's why i love these true life stories i love watching sporting uh, like real true life stories um, people who make injuries and they made so many Disney Hollywood sports films have made it into the Hollywood that has actually taken true stories of people who um, came out of nothing and uh, been able to uh, to to make something of themselves and this is the classic story of all Hollywood movies right which mm-hmm. is basically based on Joseph Campbell's work um, I, uh, it's called the hero's journey if you want to read up about it but our whole lives Joseph are Campbell story. the philosopher yeah, Joseph Campbell created, uh, you know, basically he broke down all the mythologies and all the stories in that past history in life and basically broke it down to, I think it was seven, or actually no, it was probably more than seven stats, but they basically called the hero's journey. Every Hollywood movie, every successful Hollywood movie goes by the same thing. Star Wars, Harry Potter, you know, uh, The Hunger Games, every single Hollywood film that you can think of or any major story you can think of all follows this framework and because they know the framework works Rudy every yeah Rudy (laughs) exactly I mean I can give you the I know we're running out well well past over time so I just can continue but basically the story is about someone who who is uh you know a boy or girl um who who's who feels like there's more to them who gets a calling right they get a calling and they finally get a calling that there's something more outside the world and then when they do get this calling they 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 find a mentor to guide them through to transition to the new world but then they also have a setback right this pushes them back and then when they have a setback they have to find their way you know they have early success and they got a setback and now they got to find challenges and develop skill set to kind of defeat that and at the end at the climax they they finally pinnacle they win something at the end the championship they defeat the big bad guy they destroy the death star you know whatever it is 
and then they get rewarded. And that's the result. And Harry Potter is exactly the same thing, right? He was a little boy who didn't know he had special power, but knew he had something magical about him. And then all of a sudden he has a mentor who guides him through that, that you are actually a, a sorcerer, right? Uh, Luke Skywalker didn't know he was a Jedi. He was a farmer, right? And so, you know, so every everybody has every journey. Now, the reason I'm mentioning this, this is so important, is that you are a hero in your own story. So therefore, go and create the path of your own hero's journey. You are at you are the pinnacle of your life or whatever stage of your life right now, and most of us are trying to decide. There's more within us that we want to challenge, and so therefore you got to find the right mentor. You might need to find the right mentor to guide you through, and or you might need to make the decision that hey, there is something more on the other side. Maybe I should go after it, and then you're going to get pushback. That's the key thing, knowing that there's going to be pushback, the obstacles of the way, like as I mentioned, and then you got to develop the cap- capabilities and, and and capacity to be able to challenge yourself to become better. I'll put a link to the hero's journey and the heroine's journey for the girls going, what about the girls? Uh, I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, great. It's a great diagram. Go check it out. It's uh, it's really cool. Guys, uh, this has been Inside the Champion's Mind, show to getting helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class. I'm Lawrence Tam. He's Marcus Pierce. I hope you follow the 49ers because you know Jared, <laughs> Jared Hayne is probably the only thing uh, that's worth watching on the 49ers team this year because they've just been dismantled in the, in the offseason. But hey, I hope that uh, you enjoy it. I'll leave you with this quote, which I've used a couple of times, but I think it's fitting for what we've just been talking about. I hated every moment of training, or sorry, I hated every minute of training, but I said, don't quit, suffer now, and live the rest of your life as a champion. Muhammad Ali. Love it. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.